From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for Tuesday, September 15th, the year 2020. It is U.S. Open week, which means we need to bring in our senior golf betting and fantasy analyst, Alex Lazan, co-host of the Course of Life podcast. He was on one of his Course of Life staycations earlier this week. You'll hear about that in an upcoming episode. Welcome, Alex, back to the show. Yeah, thanks, Jeremy. Appreciate that shout-out as well, too. Golfing and traveling, uh, living the life, and excited for a little carnage this week, hopefully at Wingfoot. Yeah, but before we get to carnage, we have to talk about the most important thing right now. Um, What is that? the, The most important thing, and that is tonight, game one. Celtics heat what do you think happens in this series and what has to happen for the Celtics to make it to the finals yeah I just I don't want them to get too complacent right now it's clear the Celtics are, are not really arguably it's clear that they are probably one of the more motivated teams that we've seen in the bubble for the entire time since the league got there playing really well in terms of team chemistry it's going to be an interesting matchup with the heat though this is a team that is red hot in their own respects they're going to present some interesting matchups. I think this, this series is going to go a little bit longer than people anticipate, but they they got to keep that grind, keep that pedal to the metal, because well, what's working for them right now has gotten them this far. Uh, so don't get complacent if you're the Celtics right now and, and grind this one out. Look at looking to probably win this in six or seven games, though. It's not going to be easy to get to the finals. Is Gordon Haywood the the X factor here, and what happens with him, and 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 what role he can play in this series? I don't think he's the X factor. I think he's A factor. I mean, I think when he returns, I really, I think he's going to be coming off the bench and playing a lot of minutes with the second team. It, there, there's a lot of good gelling going on right now uh, with the guys who are who are currently out there uh, for the Celtics. So um, I'm not sure they're going to mess around with that too much when he returns. That's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out and if that happens mid-series against Miami too I'm not the X-Factor but A-Factor especially for those bench points when you need them I have Heat in 6 just because of how annoyingly there they are every single game game in and game out The that roster around Jimmy Butler has fit him well so I have Heat in 6 but I would not be surprised if it's the Celtics and I, I think it's going to be a great uh, story, whatever happens here. Um, That's a good, a good conference finals for sure. Yes, coming out of it. Uh, hopefully we get a good uh, story coming out of the United States Open at Wingfoot and some hashtag carnage. Tiger says he thinks for sure over par will win this thing. Um, so we'll, we'll start here. Um, do you believe that Ryo Ishikawa who is in this field at 500 to 1 odds, has a chance oh. to win the United States Open Championship? That's a great lead-in question. I appreciate you starting there, because obviously every other podcast is starting there this week. Yes, exactly. Uh, I have not heard Rio Ishikawa's name in a while, <laughs> so thank you for reintroducing that into my brain. Uh, 500 to 1. You know, if, if, you, if you're really feeling lucky, I, you, know how, you know how I love throwing dollars left and right, but... <laughs> I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen that face on the leaderboard in a while. In case you're wondering, 2,000 to 1 is the longest odds, and those are for three uh, club pros, Dan Balin, Marty Jertsen, and Ryan Vermeer. So, 
Yes, and we got to do the obligatory Caddyshack shout out because we got we got Danny Noon and uh, Michael O'Keefe caddying for uh, Balin, I believe. I read that earlier this week. Yes, uh, and had, had to be shouted out on this podcast. And the U.S. Open on NBC will include every person in the field at least once, so you will see uh, Balin and his caddy on your screens at least once during. The telecast over Thursday, Friday, and if they make the cut, then maybe in the Saturday, Sunday. All right, this is what I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around, Alex, which is the dividing line here between the Bombers and Bryson says he's going to hit it as hard as he can, as far as he can, and thinks that's an advantage versus the shorter hitters. And by shorter, I don't mean, um, you know, Zach Johnson short. I mean, you know, uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick short, uh, Paul Casey short, Ricky Fowler short, which is not short by any means, but it's not <laughs> DJ, JT, Bryson, Rory, etc. Where are you sitting right now? We know this rough is thick. We know they topped it off yesterday. They might top it off one more time. Where are you right now and who you're leaning towards in terms of type and style of player? Yeah, I haven't finalized the full card, but the guys who I've written down so far would probably fall into that second category. A little bit more precision and ball striking going to be on my card this week. Not to say that a bomb and gouge guy can't get it done, but yet that Bryson headline just kind of says it all. Like with everything that he's done the last few months in the game now, we, we got the, the unstoppable force and the immovable object going head-to-head with Bryson versus Wingfoot. This is the USGA <laughs> throwing out all of their final bosses. This is the hardest final level of every video game uh, that Bryson could ever dream of on a golf course, and we're going to put that matchup to the test. So it's, it's going to be curious to see how the bomb and gouge plays out when we've got just absurd rough lengths uh, being reported uh, this week. I, I'm fascinated to see uh, how, how that works out this week. And one of the other things that's also fascinated, uh, fascinating me, and has fascinated, but slash will fascinate, is how many people... Sorry, let me reword this. There also is... Because everybody thinks about US Open and fairways, 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 fairways. And you look at the odds and you have Brendan Todd at 80 to 1. Kiz is 80 to 1. Um, The aforementioned Matthew Fitzpatrick's 50 to 1. Casey's 50 to 1. There's some great value there, potentially. But are those guys not long enough? And especially in the, um, in that, um, excuse me, Brendan Todd Kisner area where it might be 280, 290, and Todd even shorter than that. Is, is, is there a point where Xander and Morikawa and Cantlay and Matsuyama and Reed can get it out there far enough versus Bryson? Or are we just discounting and eliminating every short hitter, even though they are great value picks when you look at a betting sheet? 
Yeah, it's tricky because usually when you go into a lot of these tournaments, you look at the fact of, oh, you know, this guy hits it longer, so he's going to have a 9-iron in versus a 7-iron or a 6-iron or something along those lines. But the other thing you have to take into account with U.S. Open, and specifically this venue, from what I've already seen with, with players and caddies testing the speed of these greens, is placement is going to be huge. So it, it's not necessarily just about, you know, which guy is going to have the closest approach shot and who can hit it the furthest and be the closest and give themselves the reps. It's, who's going to place their shots and be the most accurate with their short and mid irons and hit the seven iron 40 feet right and short of the pin that's too dangerous to go after and avoid that bogey and have the two-pup bar when they need it on Sunday. See, so you got to kind of look at it from that perspective. It's like... I'm not putting a ton of value on the extra distance this week. Um, we haven't talked much about how this is going to be an extremely long course, so I don't see it playing extremely long. And I think it's going to get harder throughout the week, which just favors those medium-length hitter guys. So that's how I'm looking at it. I'm looking at guys who have enough distance but are also hitting their irons well and can place it on the right parts of these greens to, to succeed over the course of the week. Alex Ozan's with us, uh, co-host of the Course of Life podcast. Alex, um, one thing we always talk about when it comes to this podcast is, and when we talk about betting specifically, is known quantities versus value. Is taking someone at 10 to 1 odds the smart move because you know them? Or is taking a flyer that Billy Horshaw has a hot week at 100 to 1, even though he may be the equivalent of a Xander Shoffley, the, the better way to go here? And the context that I bring this up in is DJ. DJ has one of the most explosive runs we've seen in golf in a while, starting at the PGA and then rolling through the playoffs toward championship player of the year. And he's a bomber. And look, he got in a playoff at Olympia Field and it took a 66 and a half footer to beat him. So it, I just wonder as you sit here and look at this, where you fall on known quantities versus unknown quantities, value versus um, unknown value in trying to get the best bang for your buck. It's about how many people you're, you're looking to, to spread the pot on, essentially. You know, if you want to take flyers on a bunch of these guys at 100, 200, 501 odds, and, and you're looking for that Ben Curtis type of moment or something like that, by all means, do it and, and just pick more of them. You know, you know I, I, my card typically consists of six to eight guys who I pick to win outright at the beginning of each week. And, and I spread that, you know, throughout guys who are anywhere from 10 or 15 to 1, looking at maybe a favorite, to maybe about 80 or 100 to 1. Anyone beyond that, I'm usually not looking at. So it's just about how many people you want to bet on. If you're looking to put more of your money on a few top-tier guys who you know are going to be mixed on the weekend, put your money where your mouth is and put a few more dollars that way. If you're just looking to spread the pot and just have a bunch of lottery tickets, uh, to enjoy a, a potential windfall like that with someone at a huge odds, then, then you're playing more guys and you're looking at you know maybe 10 to 12 selections. Just all based on kind of what, what you're comfortable with with your bankroll and where you're looking to, to spread your wealth there. We're going to stop right there and do a little live commercial for each other. You ready? Let's do it. So, 
I'm Jeremy from Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. I would really appreciate if you subscribe, rate, review, preferably five stars, my podcast. And then if you subscribe to Alex, he has a podcast coming out tonight and hopefully we'll end up in each other's timelines right next to each other. So Alex, your promotional pitch. I appreciate that. Yeah. So again, it's Course of Life on all platforms. Uh, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Apple uh Spotify, wherever you can get your podcast, you'll find us. Search Course of Life. Follow us on social, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And I enjoy coming on here, Jeremy, for major championship season. When I'm on here on Teeing It Up, you know it's a big tournament coming, and you know there's some money on the line, and we're trying to hit it big with a winning ticket. I've had several winners, and I'm excited to, to hear the future not only of, of our appearances, but, but major championship wins for, for all of us, and cheers to that. We've still, uh, a- amen, amen. We've still got 10 minutes left in this appearance, so we're not, you know, I'm not saying goodbye yet. I'm, I just wanted to throw it and add in the middle for some fun. Um but thank you for the kind words, and uh, yes, um, whenever I appear on Course of Life, I know that it's something special because it's an um, invitation that I cherish and always um, <laughs> have cherished. All right, let's go through some specific names here uh, before we get to, to picks and all that good stuff. Specific names. Um, Tommy Fleetwood's there at 33-1. to 1. He goes and shoots 64 on Sunday in Portugal. Any faith in Tommy this week? Definitely someone who's always on my list. There's those guys who are just, I, there's, a, there's a few of them now that, that seem overdue for major championships, and he's on that list. He keeps plugging away and, and always pops his head up every few months when the majors come around, kind of regardless of form heading in, and he just happens to have some decent form heading in with what you mentioned, the finish in Portugal there. I, I hope that carries over some degree. Him and the other guy who I put in the exact same category, is Xander Shockley, another guy who's kind of in that second tier, overdue to win, been popping his head up on a lot of major championship leaderboards. You're, you're just wondering when that time's going to happen. So I put both those guys in that same category. I am, well, Xander's my, my pick, non-gambling edition, to win this week. Um, I, just, I just love that type of a player this week. Victor Hovland is sexy in a lot of people's mind because he's got some moxie, he's got some swagger, and he also has the game that would seemingly fit this golf course. Yet, you talked about hitting quadrants and greens. He said his chipping sucked earlier this year, and he barely won in Puerto Rico because of his chipping. He was able to just scrap it out just enough, but said in the winner's interview, I've got to improve that. He is sitting there at 50 to 1. It's a great, it's, a, it's another great kind of value pick guy. Yet, do you trust his short game slash a guy who hasn't really shown form of late? Yeah, man. Victor Hoffman's one of those guys who I've been putting on too many of my cards for the last like, 12 <laughs> months. I was, I was trying to get ahead of the curve on his first win and just missed timing on picking him for Puerto Rico. Uh, last year, so I, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, <laughs> when that moment's going to happen for him. I don't quite think it's now. I, you're right, Jeremy. There's just there's going to be a lot of demands around the greens for these players, and and it's not uh, it's not against him. I just, I just feel like he's got a little bit of a go for broke attitude at times. He he likes to press the issue when he feels close or in the thick of it, and tries to go for a little bit too much. And I don't know if that attitude's going to pay off for him. I'm, I'm honestly going to keep Victor Hoblin off my car. He's a, he's a guy I, who I would love to see in contention. I just don't see it this week. 
Okay, uh, this is a a, a gambling uh, question. Not not is is it your pick, but just the way the numbers work out. Does eight to one seem right for DJ? Yeah, you're you're getting into some low territory there. I mean, I, I typically try and shy away from anything under uh, ten to one. The only one recently in my memory that was a winner for me was Bryson at the Rocket Mortgage, which was just a dead empty field, and he was I think seven to one that week. Uh, but that's it's a pretty low number. Again, that's one of those scenarios where if you're looking to place money on DJ, I would say you know take. That's the money that you are going to throw on a couple flyers and move that over to DJ and double or triple down on him uh, because of that number. You know, he's won a U.S. Open. He's playing extremely well, probably as hot as he's ever been in his career. Uh, it's going to take a special type of patience this week. Uh, he, he's, he grinded it out at BMW, though. So, that, that you know, that's another scenario where that course played maybe more difficult than players expected, and he was there for that as well, too. So, you know, again, it's that scenario where if you're confident in DJ, I'm not going to be putting money on this week, but if you are, I'd say double or triple down and be really sure you're going to go in on him this week. Um, we're, we're talking to Alex Azan, uh, co-host of the Course of Life podcast, teeing it up senior betting analyst. Uh, same with Rom and JT at, and Xander for that for that matter at, at ten and, and fourteen to one. Yeah, you know, I'm 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 thinking maybe Xander's my first card ad. If you're just looking straight from the top favorites at the top of everyone's list, and you're scrolling looking to place a bet online right now, um, I, I'm looking at Morikawa as well too. That might just be a hit Morikawa button on every major championship until he doesn't win one. You know, maybe I sound like a genius a week from now saying that. Uh, so that's the first couple set of guys that I'm looking at right now. But you're, you're right. There's some low numbers for for Rom, DJ, and JT because they've all like that, like I said, in course of life, they've all been lifting trophies recently, and they have just been splattering their names all over the re- leaderboard. So so why aren't they listed at the top? They they deserve it. Absolutely, they absolutely do. Um, Tiger's at thirty three to one. I, it seems like the right number for Tiger. Um, I just don't know if we have enough evidence. He he could be somebody. I mean, if if I was putting money on Tiger, I would wait and let's see where his game is after one round, and then maybe do it on a Friday. Good call on that. There's always the live betting aspect, and people forget that that with the wagers are available, and you can do these outright bets beyond Wednesday. I like to put them in on Wednesday for value purposes, but you know you can check back Friday or Saturday morning. And again, with the way people are predicting the winning score for this major, I almost feel like, and I, again, I'm, not, I'm really I can tell you up front, I'm not putting money on Tiger Woods this week. But if there's going to be a winner around even par, or this is going to be a real grind fest, and it's not a ton of birdie putts made by Tiger Woods needed, then, you know, maybe he is lingering with some 72s and 73s to start and just kind of keep him enough in the picture that it, it might be worth a small investment on maybe Friday or Saturday morning. So always something to look at, you know. And don't be afraid to go back to the to the window and, and get someone live who you think might have a chance to, who you didn't earlier in the week. Took me eight minutes to think of the question that I forgot. And if it sounded like I was stumbling before, folks, it's not because anything happened, God forbid. It was because I literally forgot my question. Everybody believes over par is going to win. How does that change the way you look at this from a gambling perspective? Because in a sense, you are betting on people to not make big numbers. It's not the usual 
way of going about it. You know, three-putt avoidance is not a stat you normally look at when it comes to betting. But this golf course, you're going to three-putt. You probably got to limit it to maybe two or three max for the week. You're going to make bogeys. Can you do a Jeff Ogilvie and make no doubles? Are you okay with somebody that only makes two, three birdies in a round? It's a completely different way of looking at betting when it comes to golf. Definitely. Yeah, and you, you know me, I, I take a quick glance at stats, but I, I don't pour through the numbers like the average person would. But I can tell you, if you want to look at some, you're going to be looking at scrambling numbers. You're going to be looking at guys who have good proximity to the pin with wedges and 50 to 100 yards because there's going to be a lot of scenarios where you hit a drive in the rough, you got to gouge out, and you get some awkward wedge left for your third shot on the par four. How many, how many guys can get those up and down with regularity? Those par saves feel like birdies uh, on a week like this week when we're looking around even par for a winner. Uh, so, th- th- yeah, those are the type of things you're going to w- want to look like, N- not necessarily your typical stats that you'd look at when you're picking winners, but things to think about for sure. Speaking of winners, it's time for winners, and I don't have a sponsor for winners, and I just stole the name from Scott Van Pelt. I apologize, but it's time for our, our picks. Um, and specifically your pick, since you're the senior uh, golf betting analyst here on Teeing It Up. Um, or actually, I think you're the senior golf analyst and the chief golf betting analyst, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'll have to update my bio accordingly. Yes, yes. Uh, please update all your social media bios um, to promote <laughs> my podcast before yours. Um, all right. You have a, some some picks coming up tonight on your podcast, so... If it seems like this is just one, two, three names, that's because you got to tune into the course of life to get Alex's full um, allotment of picks. So give me a name uh, uh, and their odds that you like, a name that you're considering, and a name that you're not going to go near even though you think people may think it's a sexy pick. Uh, I mean, I just have to start with, I've, I've been talking it up forever, and I would love nothing more in golf than for this to happen, but you just you can't place a dollar on Phil Nicholson this week. I, I want to, my my heart tells me I want to, but my brain says it's just not, not going to happen. They, it's too magical of a story, and if it is, then you can call me out for it next week if it really does happen, because it'll be an amazing moment for golf. Going to absolutely stay away from Phil this week. Uh, my, my guy that I am, I'm definitely putting on the card uh grinder looking down the list plays a ton the iron man uh played well as of a couple weeks ago tour championship sung jm 80 to 1 odds as of recently that number may have dropped down that's somebody who's a little bit further down one, if you're looking to, to uh, guy poor experience uh, he could definitely come through with his major uh championship debut victory uh this week and then the one more that I'm looking at that's going to be further down, too. We've been following on the Course of Life podcast. Again, that's where my one podcast exclusive pick is. My full card is Course of Life 1 on Twitter. We've been following the John Wood Kuchar drama for the last couple weeks. And I just saw that John Wood is now on the bag of Cameron Champ going off at about 125 to 1 odds. Uh, a guy that has not had fantastic form recently, but 
but maybe this is exactly what he needed. It was a fresh face on the bag and, and, a, and an experienced caddy who can give him some really trustworthy yardages, a veteran who knows how to get around tough golf courses, maybe a dollar on Cameron Champ if you're, if you're looking further down the board or something to add to your card. Um, I am going with uh, Xander, as I said, as my winner, and my flyer is Max Homa, way back at 250 to 1. Yes, I love that. I had Max Homa in the PGA, I think around 150 to 1. He had a brief moment of sunshine there and then faded away, but sure worth looking at. A PGA Tour winner that's had some form recently. So I, I like those plays. Again, full card for me will be on Twitter, and be sure to listen to the episode of Course of Life this week for the exclusive pick. But that's the, the summation of the guys I'm looking at this week at Winkfoot. That was expert hosting because it was a sliver of sunshine in a week at Harding Park that seemed like there was only a sliver of sunshine. Yes, well put. I I didn't even put that together in the moment, but I appreciate you tying that together. <laughs> the journalist never leaves us, Alex. The journalist never leaves us. He's Alex Lazan. If you don't know already, you should. Course of Life podcast. Subscribe, rate, review both of ours. Um, and if you want us to come to your town, uh, tell us why, and maybe we can work out a Course of Life staycation. Uh, we can, yeah. In New Jersey Resort. Yes. Hit me yes. up. If you are from a New Jersey resort listening to this, call me. Um, Alex, thank you, as always, for coming on Teeing It Up, and thank you all for Definitely. listening to this edition of Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling.